you can see it pretty much everywhere you go. You can see it in body language. You can hear it in people's voice. It is one of the ugliest things that you can see in another human being. And it is this. Shame. Shame among the body of Christ is one of the saddest realities within the church. People who have been saved by Jesus Christ still have their head down, their shoulders hunched, living in the shame of their past sin, even though Jesus has made them white as snow. Welcome back to the Riskers podcast. Today, we welcome Christopher Decker, founder of SalesCast and the Age of Authenticity podcast, where we first met as he interviewed me. If your life is darkened by shame, I know you're going to be so blessed by this interview with Christopher. So the big question is this. How do Jesus-loving entrepreneurs, pastors, and driven men and women of faith like us who are taking risks to pursue their kingdom calling, how do we get our mission, the problem we're working to solve, the pain we're striving to heal, how do we fully realize it here on earth? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Caleb Brakey, and welcome to the Riskers Podcast. Christopher, welcome to the Riskers podcast, brother. I had the privilege of being on your podcast, The Age of Authenticity, and I absolutely loved it. And the thing that drew me so much to your podcast was the silence. And here's what I mean by that. You take time to listen and you let moments be and you don't have to fill the clutter, which I think most of us do in life. We go, oh, there can't be a second where I stop because that means I have to think. And thinking leads to introspection. And introspection is scary. Brother, welcome to the Riskers podcast. Thank you so much, Caleb. So Christopher, we talked a little bit beforehand about how you have seen, even in, in past generations of your family, these um, addictions. And you said there's a weekend that you will always remember. And it was the weekend that you decided to stop drinking. Take us into that weekend. And with a man who runs his own podcast called The Age of Authenticity, let's go for it. Let's get authentic here. When someone chooses to stop something, it's usually because it's wreaked some havoc. So Christopher, take us into your weekend, brother. I'm going to give you a moment of context prior to this pivotal weekend that changed everything from there on out. You see, up until the age of nine, I grew up in and out of meth dealers' homes. I had no real concept of what a home environment should be. My mom was really trying. And I'd be sitting there at the table, they'd be drinking Budweiser and, and these different things. And it brought them so much joy. Occasionally I'd be offered one and I would take a sip and I would spit it out. Um, they would then move on to other things like weed and meth. And then my mom would come home, come through the door, bringing KFC. And then we would all say grace over this meal and act like a family. 
At the age of nine, my mom tried to commit suicide by driving her car off a cliff in Malibu and a tiny tree saved her life. And she still tells me to this day that it was God that saved her life. But she knew at that moment she needed to go get help. And she was not able to provide an environment that was right for me and my brothers. I'm going to fast forward to this particular weekend. And I was, I was so desperate for answers. I, was, I wasn't looking anywhere toward God. And I found a man by the name of Tony Robbins. I went to one of his events, Unleashed the Power Within. During one of these events, it just I, I came back home kind of fired up and then it fizzled out after a few months. I went to another one of these events. I came back home and it kind of fizzled out after a few months. But then I had an opportunity to become a crew member at one of these events and to serve the community. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Honestly, I thought that I was going to be able to experience the content for free. But you see, Caleb, this time I was coming to the conference and I was coming to serve with something else. Um, just a year prior, I'd become a believer, a believer in the cleansing power of Christ's forgiveness and had accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior as the only one that could break me from multiple generations of addiction and sin and sex addiction, porn addiction, um, alcohol, drugs. And I came to this conference now with a, a heart of service after having been in Celebrate Recovery. I was not sober at this point, Caleb. I was seeking a way to break free from these things. And I remember when they were giving us the instruction as, look, people, 15,000 people are going to be at the Los Angeles Convention Center this weekend, and every single one of them expects to have their lives transformed and changed. And I had understood what it was like to to, to go through one of these seminars and, and I'm going through the training and I'm bringing my best self when others are coming from their long journeys around the world, around the country. And I'm, I'm putting on my, my, my best self and, and, and cheering and representing, um, and, and representing this, this brand. But the next night is a night where people are prepared to walk over a lane of hot coals, 30 feet of flaming hot coals that Caleb, if you misstep, you're going to get a third degree burn. If you fall over, you could literally die. If you are not properly prepared to go over these coals, then you are in serious trouble. Now, I'm not sure exactly how I found myself in this situation, but this is the Los Angeles Convention Center, and there's only one way back into the auditorium after each person had gone through those flames of hot coals. And I'm telling you, Caleb, in order to get into the state that it requires to walk over these things with calm and confidence, you have to undergo a massive change, a massive trust. And at the end of that, at the end of that lane is a celebration and pretty a primal tribal kind of experience you're making noises you didn't know that you could make as a human being and i'm standing there at the only entrance back to the la convention center wearing the staff t-shirt being a, a, a rock and a found foundation firmly planted there others start to run up to me and some are grabbing onto my arms cheering and high-fiving and hugging and Caleb, I'm telling you, it was like slow motion sometimes. I could see what that person needed. I could see what that person needed. They needed an embrace. They needed a cheer. They needed a high five. Whatever it was, 
the this spirit came over me it kept it continued to lift me by by all stretches i should have been trampled or or grown tired or anything but more energy just came to me until the very last person came through that door there were probably others helping me on the different sides but i stood there like a tree that couldn't be knocked over into the wind and i rep i was my service to these people meant something in that moment to have someone to celebrate with them. It was a spiritual elevation and experience that can only be described as a, as a, as a, as a moment that I'd never been able to achieve with any amount of drinking, with any amount of sin, with any amount of drugs. It, it had not happened before. The next day I was sitting in a, in a room and, and this girl in the room looks at me and says, there's, there's something in you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, I, I can see some darkness in you. And she walks me through only what I can tell you, Caleb, was uh, she, she walked me through pulling a, a, a demon out of myself, looking in the eye, asking me what it was, wh why it had come to be with me. And I remember being able to ask it to go. She, she helped me ask it to go in, in the name of Christ. And I stood there and understood God's forgiveness for, for the first time. And I, I looked up and fell to my knees and fell over. And then the next day, it was the end of the weekend. And we, we all, as staff members, went to the bar. And I ordered a double Jameson on the rocks. And, I, and the, the, the bartender came over, spilled a little bit on my jeans, and I could smell it, and then placed it down in front of me, something that I had done a million times. And then I saw some of my new friends walking through the door. And in that moment, it, it, God told me, that's not who you are. You are not the person that drinks this. It was an identity shift. And I pushed it away. I gave it to someone else. And it's been almost two years. It'll be two years in March. Wow. That's the story. I mean, that that's what happened. <laughs> Firewalking, um, a demon was brought, brought out of me. And uh, God told me that that wasn't my identity anymore. That's I exactly love what happened. <laughs> that it's turned on a dime. God works in these incredibly... Um, powerful ways. You know, sometimes w we see God in the, the slow movement, the, wow, five years passed, and you can look over your shoulder and just be like, holy cow, I can see how he's architected everything. But then he also works with Paul <laughs> and a flash of light turning Saul to Paul on his way to Damascus. It sounds like that is what happened here. God showed up and said, Chris, like, I, I want you, you know, that right now, maybe this, this drink has you and we're done. And, and to be able to change like that on an instant is a miracle. And to say it's anything else is to not give God this incredible glory. I love the fact that we're talking here about a Tony Robbins event. I've never been to one myself, but I watched the uh, Netflix documentary. And what I admire about what Tony Robbins does if you just talk to the casual person who isn't a big believer in self-help, you know, making yourself better in some way, they'd say, oh, it's just a bunch of, you know, flashbang, it'll fizzle out. But what I admire and respect so much is that these experiences 
or a moment that we can have at any point in our lives. Mm -hmm. We can have meaningful, deep experiences every day of our life. What Tony has done is shown us that it's possible and he's amped it up to where we actually see the value of just stopping and experiencing what it is to be human and to get to the truth of what is going on in your heart. I love that. And I think that is a, a good segue now to what I want to chat with you about and, and hear from you is about authenticity. Once God had you, there was still, you know, there's still fear of being judged and being like, I'm damaged goods here. Why don't you take us into this path you have now walked in learning how to be authentic? There's something really interesting that happens. A message from a pastor I heard this past weekend was talking about integrity. And he had had this interesting phenomenon where he had given his daughter a full-size cookie, like a nice big full-size cookie and said, go give some to your brother. And she goes and tears off a tiny piece and gives it to her brother. And, and he looks at her like, what, why would you only give him a tiny piece? And she says, well, because he only likes having small pieces of the cookie. And he went on to describe this phenomenon that I, I had not previously been able to, to describe in that fashion, which is, in short, we lie to ourselves and we believe it. How far are your actions from the actual truth? How far are your thoughts that you're believing from the actual truth? And coming into authenticity, being a believer representing Jesus Christ means you walk in the truth as closely as you can. We spend our entire lives getting to the truth. And when we share the truth with another person, I don't know why, but society has conditioned us to believe that they are going to run away from you like you are some sort of dumpster fire explosion. I had an experience literally with a client two days ago where I shared with her that I'd been sexually abused as a child. And then she opened up about her own. I mean, this is someone that had paid us good money to, to work with us. And I, I put myself at risk by, by sharing this story with her. And now there's a connection there. And, and she now opened up on the first episode of her show. She opened up about the pain that she had went through. And I know that because she did that, others are going to hear her story too. And, and that's how we connect to the truth is, is taking those risks. It brings us together. If we're constantly afraid of the truth or we're not even speaking it, we're living so far out of integrity. Mm. Authenticity is leaning into that moment when we don't have to, but we do anyway. Before we go further, I want to take a quick break and tell you about the publishing expertise offered by Speak It to Book and Sermon to Book, where we help men and women of faith become powerfully positioned to impact lives by collaboratively writing their book and building their ministry platform. If you've longed to write your book and impact a broader audience, our team is here to help, even if you don't have the time or energy to write. We've helped riskers like you secure traditional book deals, hit numerous bestseller lists, keynote to 100,000 people in two years, and get featured on Entrepreneur on Fire, Forbes, and Inc. Schedule a free strategy call at calebrakey.com. If our audience were to look at the exact opposite of authenticity and you could paint that picture, what would a person's life look like? Hmm. 
It looks like a life of fear. Um, you believe that everybody in your life is not trustworthy and they're going to screw you over at some point anyway. So you might as well kick them out first. It looks like chasing. It looks like trying to fill up your cup. It looks like begging for one drop of water because you're so thirsty in the pits of hell and you're begging for one drop of water and no one will give it to you. And you spend the rest of your life begging for a single drop. That's what it feels like. That's what it looks like. And I've been there for anybody that's curious. I have been in the pit with no hope wanting to take my own life because there's no other way. I mean, it's like, we're talking about, we're talking about what happens with your soul for the rest of time in these decisions. And if you are stuck in that place and you are listening to this, anybody out there, you are stuck in that place. I have fantastic news for you is that there is hope because there was hope for me. You see, I, I had been sued for every dime that I had made as a young entrepreneur. Um, I was facing divorce. My wife wanted to leave me. Everything in my life was at stake because of my own sin and my own choices. Now, could I have taken my life and it all there or get on my knees and pray to a God that I had had no relationship with and had someone not cared enough for me to ask, do you want to start a relationship with Jesus Christ today? Had that never happened? Had never had someone not stepped out and been authentic with me and shared a piece of their story and invited me in? I'd probably be dead today. Wow. Tell me more about this power everyone has inside of them called their own story. And I mean, the stories we accumulate, and frankly, especially the hard ones, hmm. the painful ones, the ones where your face is in your hands and you're not sure what to do and you're scared, these are the stories that most need to be shared, but are the ones we like to keep locked in a cage. We, we don't like to share them. You have seen, you've experienced the power of someone sharing their story with you and how it opened you up. So if you were to address our, our Riskers audience today, what would you say to them about the power of them telling their authentic story? What, what would you do to encourage them to take a step in that direction? Jesus gave a great sermon on the Mount. And part of that sermon, he says, happy are those who are persecuted for doing what God requires. And yes, I am saying that you will be persecuted if you share your story. There will be haters. You will get a hate mail. There will be others that will shun you and say that you should stop what you're doing. You're a fake. You're a fraud. How dare you? Who are you to say these things and to share this message? I'm telling you that that is exactly what was foretold that will happen if you do what God requires, but you, it brings happiness to your life to actually go through that and to realize what kind of pain someone who would lash out at you for sharing your faith would provide. And with, with that, through that lens, you are able to see that negativity as what it really is, a hurt person hurting others. Mm. 
And if you're able to approach everyone in your life, your enemy, your neighbor, the person you really don't want to talk to with a heart of love and compassion and compassion, meaning I don't want you to suffer. So I'm going to love you. Even if they're your enemy, that's the difference. You can accomplish that with your story and you actually have, you are called to share your testimony. It's not even like you have a choice. Like you have to share your story because happy are those that are persecuted for doing what God requires. Mm. That's good. This is one I really want to dive into, and I'm just going to give you one word (laughs) and I want you to, I want you to, to let it simmer and then speak directly into it because I think it's, one of the biggest reasons people will not share their story and one of the biggest reasons people refuse to be authentic. So here we go. That word is shame. Shortly after I brought my wife this devastating news that everything we had done as a couple was at risk after I had to tell her what I had done, the sexual immorality. Her mom um, actually it was alone, but she didn't ask me to repay it. Gave me the money to go to a workshop called every man's battle. You see, I, I was, I had no relationship with God up until this point. I thought I was going to go be fixed for a weekend. You see how these weekends seem to have a recurring theme in my life. For (laughs) some reason, God works through me and works on me in in spans of three days at a time, but it's the full immersion. So I get it. That's how you accomplish stuff. So I go to this workshop and I started to unpack and share some of the things that, that I've gone through, shared being sexually abused as a child, shared the things that I thought I was unique in, that I, this, this was my story. Like no one else had this. Like I was, I was unique. I found out I wasn't unique, but I also, through an exercise, found out that shame was not something that God wanted you to have. Shame was actually toxic. And so we wrote our shames onto a board. We wrote the things that were holding us as a prisoner of our own sin of our own making on these boards. And this, this is the moment I will never forget is that it was the evening of the last night and the lights were down in the hotel conf- like conference. There's 500 people, the lights were down and there was a single light toward the board as they were playing worship music. And we could see the board with all of our shames on there, all these things that we were captive to one by one in a group, we would go up to our, I went up to my group leader and he handed me a cup of red paint and he asked, he, this guy, he'd shared his story in the group. He got me to start to unpack mine for the first time and realize I wasn't alone. I was not to be in isolation anymore. Explained a God of forgiveness to me. And in that moment asked, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And do you want to start a relationship with him today? Saying yes was, I was sweating bullets. What did this yes mean? Well, I said yes. And I walked forward, took the cup of red paint, poured it over my shames and my sins and my guilt. 
And before you know it, the whole, the whole board, 12 by 12, was covered in red paint. And in a moment, this was the moment, Caleb, that I will never forget. They turned on a black light and flipped a switch onto the board and it became pure white. Pure white, nothing on this board. And I don't want to misquote Isaiah, but it was God sees you as as pure as, as freshly fallen snow. And I had that visual to come home with. And that that's that started it. That shame that's holding you back, God doesn't want that for you. That guilt that's holding you back, God doesn't want that for you. Should you feel a righteous conviction for the things that you've done? Absolutely, but there's a difference. Shame is being afraid to walk outside and look in the mirror. It's being afraid to look in the mirror. Being afraid to look at anybody, that shame will hold you back. And I'm here to tell you that that's not the case if you develop it. That's not the, it's not the case. Um, that's what shame, that was the shame wow. thing. <laughs> that is absolutely powerful. And thank you for sharing that experience. And I can see the whiteboard and the, I can imagine just the feeling that would just wash over you and to let go of shame, to be able to look someone in the eyes confidently. I mean, that is the power of Christ. Mm -hmm. inside you. That is because I think a lot of shame is, I know I've done all these bad things, God, therefore I want to keep my head down. I need to lash myself because I'm just not worthy. And then Jesus says, when God looks at you, he sees me who is perfect, who is, who is yours. You're in me. I'm in you. And there is no sin. So it's removed as far as the east is from the west. And you can just feel your shoulders going back and your head being held a little higher because you know that you're being held up. That when he says it's done, it's over, it is. And I love how you created this distinction of like, yeah, it's it's good to have a, a healthy respect or understanding of the consequences of sin and everything that's happened in our life. But shame is completely different. Brother, as we wrap this up, I want to ask you, you know, we often go into how is God using you to solve a problem or heal a pain on earth? What is that for you? Why has authenticity been such a driving force for you today? Like if you're, if you have a guiding North star now of like, Hey, God's drawn me to this age of authenticity. And here's why I must continue this path. Fill in that blank. Earlier on in my career, I started a problem and I was a big part of the problem, which was making it easier than ever to fake your influence, fake your followers and fake your outreach and make a lot of money doing it. I was a part of that problem. Today, I have to first undo the damage that I did in the marketplace by making that more accessible. Um, there was a time when I didn't care how I made my money and it was, I would work for anyone and I was just the marketer. I just knew how to pull all the strings. It didn't matter as long as I kept getting paid. Today, it's much different. I don't even know how I got in this position to do this. I, 
I had started my podcast talking to an empty room following God's prompting. I'd quit a high paying, high stress sales job. I was following God's prompting to share my story. I was newly sober and I started talking to this empty room and others started to support it. And I was sharing others' testimonies on the show, sharing my own. People were starting to support it on Patreon. Um, I was able to, to work on a, a documentary deal. And now that's all I do 24-7 is facilitate that storytelling. I'm kind of living a bit of a dream that I did not know that this kind of life was possible. I didn't know that I could be a a loving father to my son now that I could be the man that my wife wanted to marry and to be a minister in the workplace and to be able to speak openly about my faith. This is not the life that I thought I was destined to live. I'm not boasting in what I've done. I'm boasting in what the Lord has done through me that I, I did not do any of this. I'll be very clear about that. <laughs> I love that. But he who boasts, boasts of the Lord. And it reminds me of the saying, free people, free people. And authentic people help make others authentic. I love the mission, the story, the way that God has shaped you uniquely for this calling and how you're walking in it, Christopher. Okay. Last question before we can learn more about you and, and where people can connect with you. I always ask my guests to fill in the blank risk, which <laughs> authenticity is a risk, people. <laughs> you can risk starting a business. You can risk following that mission that God's put on your heart. But the risk of being vulnerable, of being authentic, may be the biggest risk you face today and may ever face. We never, ever want to look underneath the veil of what's inside our own hearts. We've just we've shoved it down. So with that preface, Christopher, risk is blank. Beautiful. I have not heard that yet, and I love it. Risk is beautiful. Risk allows God to show up and show off in some incredible ways. Christopher, where can people learn more about you? Where can they connect with you? Is there anything you want to point them toward that would be a good starting point to connect with you? Come follow my daily journal on YouTube or LinkedIn. I do a, a daily video journal and I'm bringing you along for the ride, along for the journey, two to five minutes a day, um, easy to digest. I'm creating content for myself. In 2020, it was my best year, my most prosperous year. I became a father. My business continued to grow. Um, our com community continued to grow. And, and in a world where there's a lot of chaos around us, I wanted to create content for others that were thriving too, because it's. I really firmly believe that it's our responsibility to give back now more than ever. So if you want to follow me for that journey, LinkedIn, Christopher Decker, or YouTube, Christopher Decker. Um, just come hop on that train. I promise it's not a waste of time. You will get something out of it. Awesome. Christopher, thank you so much for being on the Riskers podcast. Thank you listeners for listening to the Riskers podcast. It's been so fun to see our listenership grow. 
please keep telling other people about it. Share about it. Share Christopher's story. Uh, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. If you've enjoyed today's episode with Christopher, like I have, also consider leaving a five-star review. Tell us about your journey into authenticity. Talk about the struggles, the questions you have. Um, we would love to hear it. And then finally, if God is calling you to risk, maybe it's to risk being vulnerable, to risk being authentic, or or to, to solve a problem or heal a pain in this world, I encourage you to get started at calebbreaky.com, where I help pastors and Christian leaders take the risk of writing their story, their book, and launching their ministry platform. Christopher, thank you, brother, so much for being a guest on the Riskers podcast. Thank you for listening to the Riskers podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Speak It to Book and Sermon to Book, where we're on a mission to teach kingdom-minded men and women how to write, publish, and market best-selling books and build world-class platforms. To learn more, go to www.calebrakey.com.